welcome to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about generosity. I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on generosity. I'm going to be talking about how my view of generosity has changed over the course of my life and kind of like where I'm at now with this topic. I'm so curious to hear what you guys think about my thoughts and opinions and where you guys are out, where you guys are at on your generosity journey. Email me because I would love to hear from you. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam. So I just got back from having lunch with my friend and we did a little shopping. Uh, There was some new makeup that I wanted to look at. So we did that and then we went and had lunch and we got on the subject of generosity and being generous and I that's how come I want to now do this episode because I really feel like my thoughts and opinions have changed from when I was a Christian till now and I really struggle because I'm definitely concerned about what people will think and I am a people pleaser and I do in the beginning, I do care about what people think. And then and then once it comes towards me taking action, I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want. And that's usually my attitude is like, I'll care up front. But in the end, I got to do what is genuine to me. And when it comes to this topic of generosity, like there's probably going to be a lot of people who disagree with me and that's okay. And And my views on generosity will probably change tomorrow. I mean, I'm very open-minded and I change my mind a lot. Like, it's kind of hard to pin me down in like, what am I thinking? Or what is she feeling? Or how is she going to react to this? Because I could change. I could hear someone and and them tell me their logic. And if their logic makes sense, I'll adopt it as my logic. And so this topic of generosity is when I was in the church, I was very generous financially. And during 2020, the most challenging season of my life financially, I really believed I heard God tell me to double tithe. So a tithe, if you don't know, is the 10% of your income that goes to the church. And it is biblical. You do see that in the Bible. And I was um, at lunch with uh, some other people who I were acquainted with, who was, uh, excuse me, who were my acquaintances when I was in the church. So now we're kind of backing up. Sorry, going on a little off, off the storyline. Um, so back in 2020, when I was in the church and I really felt God told me to double tithe, the reason that I even got that idea was because at the time I went to lunch with and with people who I knew who were also in the church, and they told me that they double tithed. And I was like, I want to be just like them. I want to be super generous. I want to double tithe. And then I remember I was in my car, I was eating in and out burger, and I just felt that God told me to double tithe. So then in 2020, I started double tithing. So I was giving 20% of my income. This was during COVID, the hardest year. And then 
um, uh, yep, that year my uncle had passed away, not from COVID, but just from other illnesses. And there was some money that, um, he had left for, for his siblings. So then my mom was very generous and she split some of that money and gave me some and gave my brother some. And I remember that there was someone in my life group, a woman who they were struggling because her husband was let go because of COVID and they had a family and I wanted to be so generous. And so I gave them that check and it was $500 and I could have used that money for myself, but I was so like brainwashed in the mentality of give, 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 because that's what the church teaches us because that's what they say God would want us to do. And and um, how we sacrifice by laying our life down and we give to others. And it was $500. Like I was already double tithing and then I gave this $500. And I mean, she was really generous, but, or she, excuse me, she was like really thankful. But I also know that I was expecting her to be more grateful. And I also noticed that in my time being in the church and I was very generous with my finances, like I didn't get the recognition or the thanks back that I felt was appropriate. And I know so many people are going to be like, well, Jenna, that's not your heart's just not in the right place. But it's like, but isn't it? Because if you're in community with someone or in your if you're in relationship with someone like there should be a give and take. It's I scratch my back, you, I, excuse me, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. It's not just one person gives and gives and gives and the other person just takes. And that is how I felt my experience was in the church, whether it was with friendships, whether it was with generosity, like I just kept giving and giving and giving. I had no boundaries. I didn't know how to say no. Like I just gave so much of myself that I sacrificed And because of that, I now have like the complete opposite mentality where I'm never going to give my money to charity ever. Like, because I'm going to put myself first. Myself and when I am lucky enough to have a husband and and children, we will take care of ourselves first before we will give to someone else. And I feel like, again, like people are going to be like, well, that's not the right mentality But it's like, but it is like even Dave Ramsey says, pay off all of your debt first and then be crazy generous. Like that's the that's the exact same thing as me saying, I'm going to take care of me, myself and I and my family. And I'm going to make sure that we have everything that we want and need first. Then if there's anything left over, we can give it. But to be quite honest, I don't see how we're ever going to have anything left over. And I don't see how we're always going to have every single need met. And every single want met. So then we can be generous with our money. And 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 I think that I've also been a little jaded. I know. And I've also been really hurt from my time in the church. And so that's why I have my walls up when it comes to generosity. And that's why I'm I, I'm very, very, very hesitant to who I'm generous with. Before I was just generous with everybody. Like everybody. And now I have to put up those boundaries. I have to say no. And I have to evaluate, like, is this person going to be generous back? Is this person, like, truly my friend? You know, if I give to them, like, will I receive? And, uh, 
like, and I know that I say that, but it's not me being selfish. It's be, it's me taking care of myself. And I also feel like you putting yourself first and making sure that all of your like wants and needs are met first is also part of self-love. Like, I just know that the way that I was when I was in the church was so unhealthy that now I have to make sure that I am loving myself and I'm putting my needs first. And I also want to make it clear that I love well. And I feel like if you're ever a recipient of my love, like you're going to be loved well. But I just, I, I don't give my love away for free anymore. Like my love has to be earned. I have to see that you're worthy of it, that you've proven that you're going to be there for me too, just like I'm going to be there for for you because so many times I've been there for people and then when I needed something they ghosted me and I'm going to talk about this in another episode when I talk about friendships because I know that I cannot be the only one out there who's been ghosted by people that you thought were your friend so that's just like that's just where I'm at and I and I also know that today I was definitely like uh, the recipient of someone's generosity. Um, I went and got my oil changed and my tires rotated and I go to like the same place. I've been going to this place for a long time and, and like my family knows their family. Like it's a very much like a family kind of atmosphere thing. Right. And they gave me a discount and I don't, I don't know if they've ever given me a discount before, but today they were generous and they gave me a discount and I was very, very thankful. And for those few months that I wasn't working, friends were generous with me and they, we would go out to dinner and they would buy my dinner. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so lucky for that. But I'm also know that I don't need to reciprocate that because they're my friend and it's what they do because they're my friend and they love me like also it's really hard to give to the giver and I am the giver like I'm even an Enneagram two which is the two on the Enneagram is known as the giver and I remember someone one time when I was in the church someone one time uh, tried to be generous with me and then I was generous right back and he said you know it's hard to give to the giver and I was like no 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 like God calls us to be generous da 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 all this stuff and now I'm learning to just receive like yeah if you want to be generous and buy my meal great thank you I don't feel like I have to buy yours the next time that was your choice and you chose to be generous and I'm going to be the recipient of that I'm very lucky and very thankful And not to say that I never will be generous for them because I'm going to be there for them because they're my friends. But but it was also just so nice to see my friends like step up and be generous and show that they loved me when I was not working and like buying my meals. And so obviously they're my friends. And so uh, there will come a point in time when I will buy them their meals. Right. Like. I know how to give and I know how to love well and I know how to be someone's friend, but the expectation of, yeah, I don't know. I think that that's also kind of like contradicting what I said earlier is like, I'll be generous for you if you're going to be generous for me. But I th- I feel like there's just a different heart behind it 
meaning like I'm just learning how to I'm learning how to receive generosity I'm learning how to receive help I'm learning how to ask for it how to ask for help and and just like receiving with an open arm and I I also know like there's this thing in Christian culture that couples will say they say yeah we really try to outserve each other so he'll say, I try to outserve my wife. And she'll say, I try to outserve my husband. And although I do think that that's good, I think that there are times when you just need to let them serve you. Like I was watching this one YouTube video of a Christian couple. And first of all, she was like, she was like, yeah, my husband like really stepped it up and he did the dishes So I did his chores. I fed the dog and walked the dog because he served me. So I was going to serve him. I was like, first of all, he should just be doing the damn dishes because he's an adult who lives in that house who also probably made a dirty dish. But like, not that I wouldn't love to like wash the dishes for my husband. But but I also think like if there's dirty dishes, do the dirty dishes. Like it doesn't matter whose chore that is. But I guess what I'm actually trying to say is like, I want to be in the mentality of if my husband does the dishes, I'm going to sit down and relax. I'm going to sit down and relax because it's his way that he serves me. But like he should then also do his chores by like walking the dog and feeding the dog. And I'm not saying that I'm going to just sit down and relax every time, but it's like you need to allow people to serve you. You need to allow people to be generous. Like, just like I think I talk about this in my dating episode, like I was living in self, in such self-sabotage, like I was too afraid to put myself out there to be loved. And like by me not going on online dating and by me not putting myself out there, like, like I'm not allowing someone to serve me and someone to love me and I deserve to have those things. So it's just like changing your mentality and just change, well, changing my mentality and, and kind of shifting it a little bit, like making sure that these people are like deserving of my generosity and my love and also, and making sure that they're going to reciprocate and they're not just going to take and that I can just receive with open arms and that's okay. I had a little tickle in my throat but I remember when I was in the church and I was still in the mentality of like being really generous and I remember thinking yes like I'm I and not even thinking I did like I budgeted every month like um a, a generosity budget and whatever it was like I knew that I could I had put this money aside and I had used it to be generous I just don't foresee myself ever doing that again or at least not in the near future like I'm gonna need that money and like I said I'm never gonna be to a point where I'm never gonna not be in need so I need to take care of myself and 
I mean, man, I used, I, I remember that I used to daydream about when I would get married and my husband and I would pray and we would ask God, how much would you want us to be generous? And then we would come together and like share our number and then they would be the same number because God works in our hearts at the same time. Like these are legit stories that you hear Christian couples talk about and that's great and that's fine. And if that really does happen, like wonderful. I do think it's like really romantic and it's a very romanticized like, uh, idealism, ideology, like it's a very romanticized idea, right? And I used to romanticize that. And, but I think like, but can you afford to be that generous? Or can you afford to be generous? You know, because God doesn't always bless you because you're generous. I've had the experience. Like the Bible says, Malachi chapter three, that's the scripture that people use the most when talking about generosity. And it talks about how when you tithe and you give your 10%, God will open the storehouse of heaven and pour a blessing upon you. God never did that when I was tithing and in the church. I struggled the whole time. People have these amazing testimonies about being generous and how God, he, he did exactly what the scripture said he would do. That's not my testimony. God never once opened the storehouse of heaven and poured blessing upon me financially. And people would have these testimonies. And I think, are you lying? Like, how come you can have one experience and I can't have the same experience? Like, I, I, I understand that everybody's life is going to be different. And I understand that everybody's going to, like, everybody's experience is going to be different. But how can I be the only one in Christianity who has tithed and has done everything I was supposed to do and I never saw the blessing of God? Ever. I struggled. The four years I was in that faith, I struggled financially. Never once did God open the storehouse of heaven and pour blessing on me. Never once. So, like, that's one of the main reasons why I left the church is because I felt like the Bible was just a lie. Like, I did all the things I was supposed to do and where is God at? So I, I think I also have some bitterness and some hurt from that too about being generous. It's like, I did everything that I was supposed to and I never got the reward. And I do feel like that your relationship with God, it is a reward relationship. Every relationship is a reward-based relationship. Every relationship is a give-and-take relationship. Every single one. And I got to tell you, if you're in a relationship where someone is just taking and taking and taking, you need to get out of that relationship because that's an unhealthy and toxic relationship. And there are parts of me where I want to ask Christians, like, would you still be a faithful follower of Jesus if he never answered one of your prayers? I got to tell you, I think, I think the answer would be no, because I think you would be so sick and tired of doing everything that you were told to do and never seeing any reward and never reaping the fruit of your labor. I think you would walk away just like I did. Like, where is the fruit that the church talks about? Where is the fruit that the Bible talks about? Where is it? Because I didn't see it. Like, and so anyways, I just, I don't even know where I was going. I kind of was just going on a rant there but yeah my my ideas of generosity have changed and I'm really really thankful to be the recipient of generosity and I know that I still will be generous it's just I've just changed who 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 am I going to be generous with like I can't just give my heart away to everybody I, I I mean the Bible even tells us to guard our heart like I have to guard it 
I, I can't just I can't just give it away anymore. Like I've hurt myself too much in the process. And do you guys have the same experience? Do you guys have different experiences? Like for reals, email me at a conversation with Jenna at gmail.com because I want to hear. I, I, I there can't be I can't be the only one who has these feelings and who also has like I mean, I fight these feelings with myself, too, because a part of me is like, Jenna, just be generous. Like, you can do it. Like, you know, you really enjoy it. But then the other part of me is like, but no, remember how hurt you how hurt you have been because you were generous. Remember how people took advantage of you. Remember how you were walked over. Remember, like, and so it's just like finding that that balance and like that fine line. And I just think that the fine line is you have to choose wisely who you're going to be generous with. You can't just give it away. Like, just like your heart. You can't just give your heart away. That person has to earn your heart. That person has to earn your love. That person has to show that they are worthy, that they are trustworthy of it. I think that's the same thing with generosity. And um, another thing that my friend and I were talking about is I feel like Christians have this mentality, again, of like, self-sacrifice which I know because that's what Jesus did he laid his life down on the cross for us I get it but I but there's this other um Christian YouTube couple that I watch and I mean I really like them and I go to them sometimes I I still watch Christian YouTubes because I find it to be fascinating like I'm curious about what it is that they're teaching and some stuff I agree with and some stuff I disagree with and that's okay like let them do them and I'm gonna be me but there was another couple who they recently bought a house and it's the house that they live in. And they said like, they're going to only, this is what they said. They said that they bought this house with the hopes of they can pay this house off, then move into a new house and use that house to like let a single mom live there for free. And I was like, wow, that's super generous of them. And I would have wanted to do the same thing when I was Christian. But I also know like that's super awesome that you would help pay her bills and like there would be no mortgage for her to pay or no rent. But you're going to have to take all of that on. Like not only are you going to have to take care of your own house and have a mortgage on your own house and pay all the bills with that house, but letting her live there for free, that means that you're going to take on the water bill. That means that you're going to take on the electric bill. Like if there's any repairs that needs to be done, which I think that when you're a renter, or when you have a rental property, you probably still take care of all of that yourself. But at least you're like getting money from them to then use that money to then maybe put it back in the house or whatever you're going to do with it. But like, I just would never do that anymore because that would hurt me. Now, if I had a house paid for, I absolutely would let someone live there like super cheap because I, I just can't understand why like rent is just so expensive. And I just think like how greedy some of these homeowners are who maybe they they have a house that has no mortgage on it, but then they're charging an astronomical price for rent. I'm like, dude, you're just pocketing all that money, which it's like good for you. Like good for you. That's super cool. But like, why do you got to gouge these people? Like, why do you got to gouge us? Like the cost of rent is just so expensive. Like just keep it at a low rate and let, and let, that be your way of being generous that way you're still getting some money in because there's that house is still going to need upkeep like yeah so I just disagree with that I disagree with letting someone live there for free um like shout out to all the single moms out there though because I can't even imagine how difficult that is so like great job you're awesome 
And I know that there is probably a huge struggle sometime. And all I can say is that you're probably doing great. And I, I, I'm not a single mom, but I never, I I also never want to be because I know how challenging that, that it's going to be. So I applaud you and keep going and keep up the good work. But what else did I want to talk about when it came to generosity? I guess one thing that I was saying that I've noticed is that I've noticed some Christians, um, be very passive when it comes to helping people out. And what I mean by this is there is someone who I have worked with in the past and I'll, I I heard, I would hear her say, her client would say, okay, how much is it going to be? And she would be like, oh, I don't know. Just, just pay me whatever you want. And I'm like, yo, you just did a service for them. And like, you could use the money like you ain't just rolling in the dough where you can just give those things away for free. But see how because they want to be generous because they feel like that's what God wants them to do. They're ended up hurting themselves in the end. And it, that upsets me like that makes me really upset that they are so brainwashed into thinking that this is what God wants. That then they're then hurting themselves because I lived that and I did that. And I think that that is the wrong mentality. I, I don't it. I, there has to be other people out there who see that. Like, you have to take care of yourself first and meet your needs first. And then you can help someone else. And I am just such a strong believer that if God is real and if we die and go straight to judgment, I strongly, strongly believe that God is going to look at us and say, how did you live? How did you steward the life I gave you? Not how did you steward your neighbor's life? How did you steward your husband, your children, your boss, whatever your friends no, he's going to look at you and say were you a good steward of the life I gave you and I feel like that means did you take care of yourself were your needs met did you self-love did you love yourself that's all I have to say on generosity again I'm curious to oh another thing that I wanted to add is I will be generous with my time before I will be generous with my money so um Next Saturday, I'm going to be walking in a a cancer walk and um, for me to sign up, like, thank God I didn't have to pay to sign up because I wouldn't have done it if I would have had to pay to sign up. But the company that I work for, I well, anyways, I don't know who covered my registration fee, but I didn't have to pay to sign up. And I also don't have to raise any money, which I'm not raising any money. And I'm really thankful that they're not making me raise money and I don't have to donate any money. Like I'm just going to show up and walk because for me, the fact that I have shown up for you, the fact that I'm going to be supporting you, the fact that I am showing up and giving you my time speaks so much more to the love that I have for you over me just writing a check. Like, I'm not just going to write you a check. I'll show up. Like, the fact that I am taking my time out of a Saturday to show up to support you by walking in this cancer walk to support you, like, that speaks volumes to how much I care about you. And so I'm never going to give money to charity, which I think I've already said that, but, but, like, I'm going to give you my time. Like, I'll be generous with my time. And for me, honestly, like, that's a bigger sacrifice because my time is precious, my time is valued, and I don't waste my time. And if I show up for you and I'm giving you my time, like, be grateful for it and be thankful and, like, be appreciative that I showed up because time is very, very precious. And it's not something to be wasted or, like, taken for granted. 
So I think that that's all I have on generosity. And I'm just curious to hear what you guys think. I'm also curious to like check back in with myself and see if I've changed my mind. See if, you know, as time goes on and I heal from all the wounds that I experienced in the church, like if, if my mindset changes or if my mindset shifts, but I just, I don't think that it will. And the way that I thought my life was going to look when I was in the church is just so different now. And honestly, I feel like I'm getting back to myself and just being who I am. Like, you know, I'm just me. Like, this is who I am. I try to be unapologetic about it and I'm not going to change for anybody. I'm going to change because I want to change. I'm going to be generous because I want to be generous. I'm going to be kind because I want to be kind. Like, can't we just be generous and kind like because we want to be not because we're trying to earn treasure in heaven or not because we're trying to get into heaven or not because we want to be a good person it's like no I hate I hate when people say I just try to be a good person it's like what does that even mean and first of all I I didn't even know how to be a good person until I gave my life to Christ Like, I know that giving my life to Christ, something did happen on the inside. I will admit it. Whether God is real or not, I don't know. And I don't believe anybody knows. I know that I have changed. I'm a completely different person, you know, from when I first went into the church and now that I'm out. But I just hate. And I feel like the general, I feel like the reason why I brought up the kindness thing is because people will probably hear this and be like, she's not kind. Or she's so super selfish. And it's like, no, I'm just loving myself first in a way that I feel is best for me. And I'm actually a really kind person. And I'm a really helpful person. And like, but just because I'm not going to give you my money or just because I'm going to be extra careful and cautious about who I love, like, actually, I think that's a really good thing. And I think God would look at me and he would be really proud He would be proud that I'm loving myself first. And I almost wonder all of the times I was in the church where I just gave so much of myself and how I didn't get a blessing in return. I also, I also wonder if that was just a lesson that I needed to learn that, Hey, you can't, you can't continue to just be this generous with your time, with your money and with yourself. Like you need to set boundaries and you need to learn how to say no. And I definitely have. So I'm grateful for the lessons that I have learned. I'm grateful for the woman that I am today. And yeah, so I keep trying to end this podcast and then I keep going with more. So I'm going to end it. Thanks so much for listening. And let's get to my R&Rs. They're coming up next. got some water so I'm not like having such a dry throat but my allergies are just so bad right now so sorry if the audio sounds a little weird but what I want to rant about today is liars like people who are liars and I'm someone who my word is my integrity I I try not to lie I'm never gonna say that I don't I that I never lie because that's just fake like everybody lies. Everybody does it. And I'm not saying I'm not just fine to say that it's okay. But but I would say that the time I find myself um, in a lie is because I want to please someone. And like, that's not okay. That has nothing to do with what I want to rant about. But anyways, liars. And 
the thing that upsets me the most about people who lie is this is the example I'm going to give. There's a woman on YouTube who I used to follow her, but I have caught her in two lies. And this woman has over 1 million subscribers and she's lying to her subscribers. And that pisses me off. Like, you need to be a good steward over what you have been given. And that means that you don't lie to your followers. Like, stop lying. And the lie, the, the lie that I caught her in was, it has to do with silk pillowcases, okay? There was this whole thing, I think it was in 2020, where like silk pillowcases became all the rage, okay? And I don't have social media, I don't have Instagram, but I'm assuming that this is where she heard it from and then just believed that it was truth without doing research for herself. And then she went onto her YouTube channel and said this to her million subscribers and she lied to them. And that's, I hate that. It's like, is your word not your integrity? And if you're going to have a following, like, don't lie to them. Oh, it really upsets me. It really upsets me when it really upsets me. And this is what she said. She raved about how the silk pillowcase is scientifically proven to help with wrinkles and anti-aging. That is false. I did a quick and how I knew that was false is because when I saw that this silk pillowcase claims to help with anti-aging and wrinkles, I looked it up. I straight up just Googled it and it says no. It says there is no scientific evidence that a silk pillowcases helps with anti-wrinkle and anti-aging. I still have one and cool, like I like it. But she claimed to all of her millions of YouTube followers that it does, that it is scientifically proven. And I want to be like, yo, did you just like hear that on Instagram and assume that it was true and then say it? Like, that's why I put the disclaimer in my episodes, my podcast episodes, because I want people to know that these are my thoughts and opinions and not everything that I say is going to be factual. So like, think for yourself. But the fact that she just said it and she's literally said that it was scientifically proven, it makes me so upset. Because I feel like, and this girl is a Christian, and, and sometimes I think, God, like, if you believe that you are a steward, because that's what the Bible says, right? Like, that we steward, and stewardship is very much a Christian term. And in my mind, I think, God gave you over a million people to steward, and then you're straight lying to them. Like, you think that that's okay? Don't you think that you need to do better? And like, stop lying to your people. It just makes me so upset. And then the other thing that I caught her in a lie was with the Birkin handbag. And I know this firsthand because I have been an owner of a Birkin. And when I was like really into Christianity, I believe that God told me to sell it. I wasn't using it. It was sitting, it was just like chilling in the box underneath my bed. And, and I was really struggling with money in 2020. And I was hesitant at first to like sell it because it's a Birkin. It's like an iconic bag, but also like things, they just aren't as important to me anymore. Like, yes, I would love to have one. But at the time, like when I bought this years before 2020, like it was something where I was like, oh my God, this is like the Holy Grail. This is something, oh, I'm like so cool. Like it's just things, you know, like we all have our things and we're all materialistic. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but I just put a really high value on having stuff. Okay. And so, and now I really realize like things don't matter. Like 
I like nice things, but I don't have to have nice things. Where before I was in the mentality of I have to have nice things because I put my self-worth and my value in having nice things and like going through Christianity and really just learning like I my self-worth and my self-value comes from me. It comes from the inside. It comes from what I think. So anyways, she again, because there's this there's this idea that buying an expensive handbag like a Chanel or a Birkin is an investment. Okay. That's only half true. Okay. She had said she bought a used Birkin, like a pre-loved Birkin. And she's like, I don't even think I'm going to use it. I think I'm just going to like sit it on my shelf and then I'm going to sell it and I'm going to make double what I paid for it. And I'm like, girl, again, you lying because you're only going to make double what you paid for it. If you buy it, say you have about three years from the 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 year that it was manufactured to the year that you sell it to be able to get double your money. Because I had a handbag that was made in 2006 and I sold it 14 years later and I I barely got pennies to what I paid for it. And I want to give a little disclaimer too. Like I, I got the general idea about the three-year mark because I just did a little bit of research online. I went to like Fashion File and these websites that sell like pre-loved items. And I just kind of looked around like, hey, what year is this? What are they selling it for? And I just got like a basic estimate that if you sell it within that three-year window, you can make a profit. Anything after that, you're out of money. I also want to add in that I think it also depends on the type of Birkin that you have. If you have like the alligator one or the ostrich one or one that is like a super limited edition, like you might be able to sell that at a higher price maybe at any time because obviously people are going to see that it has more value. But the one that I had was just a basic black with pebbled leather and silver hardware. And hers, the one that she's talking about, it's just a it's a, the tan color. I believe that it's called gold. And she had gold hardware. It's just like a basic, simple one. And I remember too, when I was trying to sell this handbag, I was talking to someone else who, who they know people who have Birkins. And so he was like, yeah, I'll put the word out. I'll let them know that you're selling it. And when he came back, he said that the, that they didn't want it because they already had one like that, or that's not the one that they're looking for. Right. So like, it also depends on like what kind is the handbag for, but, but anyways, for you just put the blanket statement out there that you're going to make double your money. That's just false. So for her to say that this is it, like I have proof that what she said is wrong because she didn't do enough research to be able to then speak to it. And it's like, if you're going to be speaking to millions of people, please put the disclaimer out there. Like, I might not know. I might not know exactly what I'm talking about, but I like to hear myself talk. So I'm just going to say this or whatever. I also know that as listeners, you have to like take everything with a grain of salt. But it's just like I caught her in two lies and I had to stop following her. I was like, I can't support someone who's a liar. Like, I hate liars. I especially hate if you lie just to appease me. And it's so funny because I had said sometimes I'll lie because I'm a people pleaser. It's so funny, right? But that's the quality in someone that I hate the most. Like, don't just blow smoke up my butt. Don't tell me that you're going to do something just to make me happy and then you never do it because then that makes you a liar and I hate liars. But anyways, that's not true about the Birkin. That's not going to be true about Chanel. It really depends on how old the handbag is. And is there a market for it? There's not always a market for it. Like, 
for you to have the mentality going into the purchase of a handbag that it's an investment, that's just the wrong mentality. I'm telling you, that's just not the right mentality. Buy the handbag because you love it and you want to use it, not just keep it on a shelf. That's my opinion. That's my rant. Don't be a liar. Think about what you say. Let your word be your integrity. Like, come on, guys. Seriously. Seriously. Okay. Okay. And I got to tell you, my rave for the week is this book called The Radleys by Matt Hag. Hagee? Hag? I think it's Hag. It's H-A-I-G. He is a British author. So that could be like a British last name that, you know, or like a British English last name. It's H-A-I-G. Matt Hag. And it's, again, the book is called The Radleys. And um, it's about vampires. And I don't know if any of you guys love vampires. I like love fantasy, but I love vampires and I love fantasy. And the book is like a cross between Twilight and Vampire Diaries. And it's so funny because I'm just now watching Vampire Diaries right now and I'm on season eight. And it's a good series and I haven't been paying attention all the time. So I probably will go back and watch it and like pick up new things. And I love when I do that because it's like I never watched it. Right. Because I'm like, not so always paying attention and then I might go back and watch an episode and really pay attention so like I'm learning something new but anyways this book is so good you guys have to pick up this book like I randomly was at Savers the thrift store and I just was like happened to go into the book section and I just you know bent down looked at the bottom shelf and I saw this book and I was like huh this book looks interesting and I got it and I couldn't put it down and it has everything that you love like sarcasm humor vampire blood drinking love like the tension between good and bad like every single thing that like twilight has and vampire diaries it's like a straight cross between the two and i love vampires like if i could be a supernatural creature i would probably be a vampire the fact that they can like manipulate people into doing anything that they want yeah that's me that's the superpower that i would love let's just be honest okay don't judge me judge me if you want i don't care Anyways, I, I you have to go out and buy this book. It is so good. You can probably find it super cheap because it is old. Like I said, he is a British author. And so some of the English that he uses is different than the English that we that we use here in America. Or But you guys have to get it. It is so freaking good. I, I promise that you'll love it. And if you guys do end up reading the book, let me know what you think. I, I'm really curious. But again, it's a cross between Twilight, Vampire Diaries. There's like the the... Yeah, it's like kind of the the love story with the parents is like the relationship. Yeah, it's like the relationship like Edward, Bella and Jacob. But then also it's like a vampire diaries with um, um, Damon, Stefan and Elena. Like it's just so it, it's just like the perfect cross in between the two. You guys will love it. And let me know what you think. Well, that is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. And as you know, the conversation doesn't have to stop here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, please email me at a conversation with Jenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I'll respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye. Yo, yo.